Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for June 5th, 2018. And we have some announcements to make here, guys. This is this is kind of like a reboot of the Foul Balls podcast. Uh, Matt is not going to be doing it anymore. It's just going to be me by myself. Uh, no, like, falling out or anything like that between Matt and I. He is just going somewhere else with his career right now. I'm going to keep doing this by myself. And uh, I, hopefully I'm able to fill the, fill the void. I know that people liked Matt on the podcast, but... I think it should still be okay, and one benefit is, since we're not going to be talking to each other via Skype, there should be better audio, so at least that is a benefit. Uh, for Tuesday, there is a 14-game slate, uh, some, some good option. I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty decent slate. One thing I wanted to bring up first, though, just because I thought it was interesting, the Yankees in the, the MLB draft was tonight, in the first round, the Yankees took a switch pitcher, and... I remember I was super excited about Pat Vandetti when he first got called up. I don't know if you guys remember, he was the switch pitcher, throw with his left and right hand, and then it just ended up that he threw like 72 with his left hand, like 81 with his right. So it was really just he had a creative way to not get out hitters from either side of the plate. So I don't know, I thought that was cool. The Yankees drafted a switch pitching prospect. But I'll get into the slate now. I guess maybe these podcasts end up being a little bit shorter now because there's only one opinion that's just going to be mine, obviously. And then, hey, if it goes poorly, it's just on uh, it's just on me. There's nobody else to blame except for my lonesome. Uh, so there's a few really good high-end pitchers on the slate here. We have a lot of big names. we got Max Scherzer at 13,300, Corey Kluber 12,600, Carlos Martinez coming off the DL in a good matchup at home against the Marlins. Then we've got Paxton priced down a little bit, 10400 and Bumgarner also making his first start of the season at 10100 due to a motorcycle accident. So first starting off, the, the really expensive guys, Scherzer versus Kluber, really good spot for both of them. If I have to roster one of them at the top end, my preference is going to be towards Scherzer. The Rays have been surprisingly decent against righties this year. They actually have a 101 WRC+. But one thing that is of note is they're traveling to a National League ballpark, so I usually like to target National League pitchers going up against an American League offense in National League Park because the the numbers see a little bit of a downgrade because the pitcher comes in for the DH there. And then I don't really buy into the Rays' success this year. They have a 314 BABIP right now against right-handed pitching. That is the second, uh, third highest mark in baseball for batting average on balls in play against righties. So I, I think there's some regression coming there. And e- even still, they're just middle of the road, and I expect them to be kind of like a certainly bottom 10 offense the rest of the year against right-handed pitching. So Scherzer at 13,300 is the preferred play for me on the high end. And then some other guys of note here, the next kind of tier, we've got Carlos Martinez coming off the DL. Good matchup for him against the Marlins. I, I would be a little concerned about a pitch count there, which is a concern with his price while up at 11,000. So unless we know for sure going into the game, no pitch count for Martinez, I'm off him in this spot. Paxton at 10,400, it, it's a pretty tough matchup against Houston, but I think there's enough pricing value there to roster him. 10,400, he's been 11,000 or higher in all of his starts since the beginning of May. He's been really good lately outside of one kind of hiccup in his last start against the Rangers. So I, I like the spot for Paxton. I, I think that well, I don't like the matchup for Paxton, but with the price, I think that he's rosterable. And then we go now to Bumgarner, 10100 
Uh, also, not in play for me right here, but I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on Bumgarner in terms of what are we going to do with him going forward because he did not pitch very well towards the end of last season. He His velocity was way down. His swing and misses were down. His walks were up. He was getting hit really hard. So depending on how Bumgarner looks in this game, I think he's going to inform how I go about his starts the rest of the season. So I think that depending on how he looks there could be a chance that I stack against Bumgarner in five days when he goes out next, or maybe I want to roster him. So that is something I'm going to be paying attention to. Uh, Moving down, the next guy who I really have interest in is going to be Kyle Hendricks, 8,300. He hasn't been great this year, except the Phillies are such a good DFS target for right-handed pitching. 92 WRC plus for the Phillies against righties, 26.9% strikeout rate, highest in the league against right-handed pitching. So even though Hendricks himself hasn't been great this year, still he's averaging 16.4 fantasy points per start, which is actually exact, about exactly what we need for him to hit value. And then we also have the wind blowing in in Chicago tomorrow, so that's a that's a boost to the pitchers. So Kyle Hendricks, 8,300, I think that he makes for a solid play. Uh, got Keiko at 7,900. He has just not been very good this year. I think that there's better plays. I would rather just go to Hendricks, who I also think is a little bit safer. Uh, a couple of cheap guys that I think are of interest is we have Anthony Descalafini at 6,200. He has not pitched in two seasons, but the last time he was starting, he was really solid. I'm bringing up his numbers from 2016 right now. Uh, so the 2016 season, he made 20 starts, 3.28 ERA, 3.96 FIP, 3.99 XFIP. Striking out just under eight guys per nine innings, about two walks. So not like a great starter, but definitely solid. And then it's such a good matchup for him against the Rockies, who obviously somebody who I'd like to pick on a lot this year, 73 WRC plus against righties. They suck when they're away from Coors Field. So the question here with with Desclafini also is, what is his pitch count going to look like? I'm not as concerned with his pitch count as I am with somebody like a Carlos Martinez because Martinez is all the way at 11,000, where we have Desclafini in such a good matchup all the way down to 6,200. So, I mean, if we find out that Desclafini's on like a 60 or 70 pitch count, that's a red flag. But if it's like 90, I'm still okay with him. And then something else that I think is pretty noteworthy, his minor league starts, I think he went six innings in his last one, so... I'm, I, I think that he should have a decently long leash here and definitely enough to hit value. I like him as uh, as a cheap play. And then moving down, I don't really think anybody else is a great target. So just kind of picking out my favorite guys on the slate. It's going to be Scherzer, Paxton, Hendricks, and Desclafini. And that's kind of like four guys in different price tiers. I think that's a good spread for the starting pitchers. Moving into the offenses, I think there's two really, really strong offenses to target. I think they're also going to be fairly popular, but also 14 games on the slate, so maybe ownership not too much of a concern because, as I always say, it tends to get a little bit spread around in this type of a situation. But we have the Oakland A's in Texas, so huge park upgrade for them. And then in addition to that, going up against Matt Moore, who, although Matt Moore was actually kind of decent in his last start, I think I have to go back to that. But overall, Matt Moore has been awful this season. Uh, he he actually, let's see, I uh, didn't even end up that good in his last start. Never mind. He was pitching well for the first two innings and then they ended up blowing up, which I think we could expect for most of his starts. But Matt Moore this year, 7.85 ERA, 4.84 FIP. 
He is not really generating a lot of ground balls. He's getting hit extremely hard. His hard contact rate, 46.5%, which is ridiculously high. So the Oakland A's also pretty reasonably priced. We have Chris Davis is a little expensive at 4,900. Other than that, we have Simeon who hits lefties pretty well at 4,100. Chapman who hits lefties pretty well at 4,500. Uh, uh, Matt Olson is at 43. Yeah, this is I think this is a really good stack spot. Oakland is for their price tags, my favorite play on the slate. And then the other one that I think is a really strong play is we have the Yankees going into Toronto against Marco Estrada. Estrada also struggling this year and a really good guy to target for DFS purposes because he gives up a lot of hard contact and a lot of fly balls. He is a 26% ground ball rate, which is, that's a lot of fly balls to be giving up. And then an 11.5% home run to fly ball rate. So overall, that equals to a lot of homers that Estrada is giving up this year. He has had very few good starts, uh, something that I think is pretty good indication of that even though this isn't the the perfect parallel to equal how good a pitcher is but Estrada has more games of single digit fantasy point production than he is of double digit fantasy point production and he actually has almost as many negative fantasy point outings as he has double digit fantasy point outings so Estrada very blow up prone and then the pricing on the Yankees is like weirdly low for what they usually are, and especially for a matchup this good. We have Judge at 5,400, but beyond him, Stands at 4,800, that's cheaper than we usually see from Sanchez at 4,300. He's the best catcher slate, I think, by a mile on the slate. Didi's at 4,200. Then we have Gardner at 42. He's been hitting much better recently. He had a triple Monday night. So the Yankees, I think, are probably going to be the highest owned offense on the slate, but a really good spot for them. Same with Oakland. I think that they're probably going to be the two highest owned spots, but for good reason. I think people might look at the Vegas line and be drawn to Boston a little bit also. I think it's a decent spot for Boston. I just prefer the Yankees and the A's because they're a little bit cheaper. And then another concern for Boston is that J.D. Martinez is dealing with a back injury. He left Sunday's game early and might not be able to play tomorrow. So that's a pretty decent downgrade to the Boston offense if he is not able to play. So kind of went over those two offenses who I think will be probably pretty popular so pick out a i'm trying to find a couple of contrarian spots here and i can't say i love either of these but i think these are kind of the best of what's out there uh so one spot that i think is a pretty weird game is we have jason vargas who is on the whole not really been able to get anybody out this year against the baltimore orioles who have not really hit it all this season picking between the two spots i'm i'm leaning towards baltimore right now i'm I feel pretty good that either Vargas for his price tag is going to put up a really good game or Baltimore for their price tag is going to put up a really good game. And there is some power upside in the Baltimore offense. Guys like Trey Mancini, Adam Jones, Manny Machado are all not – Machado is very good. And then other guys on Baltimore underperformed this year, but I don't think are necessarily awful hitters. Look at Vargas' numbers this year. Uh, 8.53 ERA, 5.8 FIP. He is – not generating ground balls and giving up a ton of home runs, uh, 37% ground ball rate, 18.2% home run to fly ball rate, also pretty high 34% hard contact rating. So I think that the Baltimore Orioles in this spot are a really good under-the-radar GPP play. Vargas did pitch his best game of the season last time out, and I think a lot of people will kind of overlook the Orioles' offense for a decent reason. They've sucked this year. 
outside of Machado at 5,200, Mancini's only 3,300, Adam Jones 3,800, Scope 3,500. I think these guys are all, are all really good plugs. They're very cheap. I think they make a lot of sense for GPP. Shouldn't have much ownership. Uh, one other spot that I think makes for a decent GPP stack is the St. Louis Cardinals at home against Jose Urania. So Urania actually is pitched better this year. If you're just looking on the surface, he has a 3.98 FIP. His ERA is actually higher than it was last year, except the peripheral stats do look better. The strikeouts are up, except I don't buy into the strikeout numbers. He's striking out seven and a half guys per nine innings. First career strikes out about six, but his swing strike rate is right in line with the rest of his career. He is an 8.9% swing strike rate this year. was 8.2 last year, 8.4 for his career. So it's up like a very tiny bit, but not enough to generate one and a half more strikeouts per nine innings. So overall, I'm really thinking that Urania is not a good pitcher. And the Cardinals offense has been pretty good overall this year. They have some good hitters. One thing that is promising is that Marcelo Zuna has started to hit the ball better as of late. He hit a grand slam on Sunday. And he's really shit the bed so far this year. If he's going to start hitting, that's a much better offense. And looking at the pricing for the Cardinals, Tommy Pham at 4500 Struggling a little bit lately, but overall still a solid hitter. Then we've got Jose Martinez, 37. Ozuna is still only 3,700. Matt Carpenter, 3,900. It's another pretty cheap stack, and you could you could get them in with Scherzer fairly easily. So I, I think that they're a good spot to look at. Definitely the priorities on offense for me are Oakland and New York. But then as the contrarian plays, I think we could look at Baltimore and St. Louis. And then just to recap, the pitchers also... I liked Max Scherzer, James Paxton, Kyle Hendricks, and Anthony Disclafini, but that's pending on him not having any kind of crazy pitch restriction coming off the DL and not having started since 2016. So that is going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, Yeah, these are going to be a little bit shorter with just me on them, but not too bad. I think we could bang these out every night. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at GArenbergDFS. Also, do me a favor... Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, go to iTunes and leave a comment. I don't know anything about the marketing for podcasts or how they work, but I've been told by other people that if they get good reviews or good comments or whatever, they move up the list and it's easier for people to find them. So if you do that, it would be appreciated. It would help out, and the podcast is free. So thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back for tomorrow night to talk about Wednesday's slate.